Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is July 1st, 2022, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Happy Friday to everybody out there. We got the 4th of July coming up, and I'm joined today by two guests. We're going to talk about the Wall Street Journal uh, Global Food Forum that was earlier this week and some of the takeaways from that. I'm joined by two folks that were there in Chicago, Sean Bingham, our Director of Risk Management. Hello, Sean. Hello, Michael. Happy Friday to you. And all the way from uh, Rochester, New York, famous for many, many things like the garbage plate, is Eric Thornton, our commodity specialist. Hello, Eric. Hello, Mike. Hey, Sean. Eric, how are you? Doing great. Yeah, happy Friday to everybody. Fourth of July weekend. So I know some of you are wrapping some stuff up So uh, for a long weekend. So everybody enjoys it and celebrates with their friends and family. You know, Sean and Eric, we're going to talk about this conference, but before we do, I've got a special guest today for the podcast. And it's somebody you listeners out there know for that are longtime listeners is a gentleman that uh, is a Bigfoot enthusiast. Mm. Um, he has uh, <laughs> done a lot of work in understanding Bigfoots, and uh, that's my son, Nate. Uh, he has one of the best Bigfoot <laughs> calls out there. Nate, uh, I want you to join. Hey, Nate, what is, what is going on? How are you today? I'm good. I'm tired. You're tired. Yes, you're doing your, your <laughs> Kumon, right? Yes. You're making him study Bigfoots too much. Now he's tired. Yes, that's right. He's up all night. He's, he's up all night chasing yeah. Bigfoot. And is it Bigfoots or Big Feet? Is it Bigfoots or Big Feet, bud? Is that, is that how's, what's the, it's Bigfoot. Big, what, what if there's more of them? Is it, yeah, if, if there's more, what's the plural? Yeah, what's the plural? Like if there's two big, big, yeah. foot big folks feet. in big the feet. area, so, I mean, it's they? hard enough to find one, right? I mean, yeah. They're Bigfoots. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Nate, real quick, uh, why don't you just give an, uh, for those, because camping season is is here and people are out camping and they're in their forests. And I noticed when we go out, you say things are squatchy. Um, what are a couple of things that folks out there can look out for uh, if they're in the forest uh, that would indicate that a Bigfoot is near? What are a couple of things? Well, maybe the main habitats are mossy, liquided lakes. All they need is food, water, and shelter. Okay. And they like to do over a 15-second yell, okay. scream. They like to do knocks. And if you ever hear one, just it's best to not move around. Treat it like keep talking to it so it doesn't think that you're an animal and it's you alive. Perfect. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Nate. Good advice. Uh, I think that's great advice. It's a great advice. Cancel my camping trip right now. (laughs) Don't have to get eaten alive. All you need is Nate there with you. He's like a horse whisperer for Bigfoots. There you go. They love him. You know, so knocks, uh, listening for knocks and yells and all that good stuff. So why don't we shift over? Thank you very much, Nate. Appreciate your joining the podcast today. Well, let's shift over to the conference. Uh, so Eric and Sean, I'll let you guys take it from here and kind of some of the highlights from the conference yeah. and what you learned and and so on and so forth. The floor is yours. Yeah. Ironically, Nate said, all you need is food, water, and shelter, right? And <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> and that is what the conference was all about, really, was uh, the whole 
the whole global food supply chain and uh, and how endangered it really is. So I'll go ahead and let you, Eric, talk about some of the highlights. Sure. Yeah, I was just going to give a quick recap since I did uh, take some notes in my phone, but it was the day and a half uh, conference and um, you know casual conversations, presentations, and uh, interviews of, like Sean mentioned, basically everybody up and down the supply chain, uh, not only domestically, but globally as well. So all the way from the farmer to those in the restaurant space to, um, you know, the CEO of Beyond Meat was there to some VPs and presidents at Kraft Heinz. Um, the CEO of Syngenta was there as well as, uh, you know, Tyson Foods, Cargill. So a lot of very influential and impactful um, people in our industry. So it was a good gauge to see uh, how they're uh, managing some of these challenges today and also in the future. It was very future centric. Um, obviously, you know, met many conversations and um, discussions around the current economy, uh, the impending recession that could be upon us here very quickly. Um, Ukraine, obviously, very topical, a lot of focus on allowing a grain export corridor to open up and some of the concerns of uh, that situation if that were to persist. Um, another topic, and again, we can kind of pick and choose these, Sean, to talk a little deeper. Sure, but, uh, sure. Food shortages, food waste, uh, sustainability, and really just overall technology and uh, artificial intelligence or AI and how that's contributing to uh, agriculture and you know combating these issues or supporting um, the overall supply chain. So maybe, Sean, you can give your insights first, maybe on the economy recession, what some of these folks were saying and what you took away. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you what I thought were kind of the, the highlights for me anyway, some of the most interesting conversations. Uh, clearly, uh, food waste was a was a big topic. Almost every uh, speaker, especially the CEOs of some of these large food and beverage companies was talking about food waste. And the conference was really opened up uh, by a lady who had uh, had seen some research that effectively said food waste today is uh, causes more uh, damage on a climate change basis than the entire aviation industry in the United States. And I, th- I mean, I think it really got everyone's attention early in the conference. And, and then the questions just kind of revolved around a lot of that. Uh, and, and I thought that was Really hadn't thought about it that much, but uh, there are a lot of companies that are trying to find ways to eliminate plastics uh, in our in our packaging, and there's no answer yet to that. There's no solution, but I believe everyone thinks that that finding that solution really is top of mind, and how we can keep produce and fruits and vegetables and and the thing and you know meat things like that fresher longer. I mean, to the point of 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 some uh, new technology that starts right at the farm where they're putting, um, I guess, microchips or some, some form of microchip right in there with, for example, uh, you know, meat. And if that meat ever reaches a certain temperature along the journey, it, it, then it sounds an alarm in this chip and can be, you know, dealt with it, you know, not only food safety, but food waste as well. So yeah. I thought that was super interesting. Economy was a big topic, obviously. Um, I think, like most, we, we've moved beyond the idea of, of uh, are we going to have a recession, but how big a recession it is. And then, and I would say that most of the economic talk was more global. 
because we are, you know, with the situation in Ukraine and, and uh, at the very end of the conference, a gentleman named Jose Andres, who's the head of the World Central Kitchen, and they just feed, gosh, hundreds of thousands of people around the globe in these in these areas that have natural disasters, or in this case, of you know, a human conflict. Just just what they are doing uh, to help people, but most certainly the idea that that there is a global food shortage that began be before the Ukraine conflict, and it's only get going to get worse. One of the points he made is we're just we're not thinking about it properly. He said, we don't need to send food to Ukraine. They have plenty of food to feed themselves. They don't need the grain. As a matter of fact, they have so much grain, they, they're running out of room to storage. And, and what that's going to be actually a bigger hurdle is where are they going to put all this grain once they, once they harvest it if they can't get it out of the Black Sea? So clearing the Black Sea of mines is a number one priority because we just can't move enough grain through truck or rail in other directions to make up what what places like North Africa and the Middle East, and particularly some of these poorer countries are going to need. And they're the ones that are really going to feel the impact of a global food shortage uh, the worst, for certain. Yeah, those are big issues, but it's, it's good to understand uh, what the drivers are because in the education about what is actually happening. So yeah, very good, very good talk. I bet. And Mike, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Uh, we, we all kind of hear GMO or, you know, the non GMO trends, but have you ever, uh, dove into gene editing before? Is that something you're familiar with? Oh my God. Gene edit. Oh gosh. Uh, it reminds me, Gene editing. you know what I'll tell you, Eric and, and Sean will get this, but you may not, but, uh, it reminds me of Solent Green. Uh, Marlon Brando movie. I'm not very familiar <laughs> with it. Maybe you could tell the folks about it. I was uh, just high, topically familiar with it, but uh, gene editing is something new that seems to be coming to food. And uh, we there, there was two speakers there at this particular session who were founders and CEOs of a couple of these types of technology. And essentially, um, it's a little bit different from GMO in that... Uh, genetically modified organisms insert genes from one variety of species into another versus editing is essentially unlocking and expressing um, the genes within the species itself. You know, not kind of unlocking the different types of genes because most plants are are much more complex and, um, you know, deeper in the genome space than humans are. And again, I'm not uh, an R&D technology or, or expert, if you will, but uh, it sounds like this particular technology can come with even you know similar results as GMO, but come it comes at it with a different way. So making um, you know crops uh, stronger, higher yields, more resistant to stresses like pests, uh, drought, weather, etc. Wow! And, and this particular uh, gentleman who was the CEO of this company called Parawise. He's actually making uh, cherries without pits because it's actually a really big choking hazard amongst kids, apparently, in the industry. Yeah. So uh, he's also, he, this, he's more focused on fruit, at least for the early entrance, and he's making blackberries that don't have seeds. Um, oh my gosh, because that's crazy. Uh, according to uh, consumers, you know, 80% of people love blackberries, but they hate picking out seeds 
after they yeah. eat them. And I, I can raise my hand to that. So, yep. um, you know, growing cherries as a, a bush as well, not a tree, more kind of focused and, and fruit production and not having to prune or climb on ladders or use other expensive equipment to harvest. But the interesting thing to this is that, uh, you know, nothing has been uh, fully launched to this point per se. And because labeling is still up in the air, uh, you know, how they're going to label this, um, you know, will this kind of be in line with GMO? Will it not? Will it be different? And just the, um, you know, still kind of trying to work through that. So that seems to be the biggest hurdle for this technology, but it's another, I think, thing for consumers to get educated on, number one. Sure. And uh, number two, just just get ready for it because it sounds like this is in the works and it has the attention of um, a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I what was what I thought it was neat about it was a couple things. One is it all they're doing is taking the process of breeding different types of plants with each other that takes years and years and years to achieve what it is you want through this gene editing. All they're doing is 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 doing you know obviously just editing the way some of these you know what is it, the chromosome strip of these plants are. So what they're doing is they're achieving. Nothing more than breeding, but doing it at a much faster pace. You know, we're, right. you know, we're talking, you know, one or two years versus eight, nine or 10 years. So they're just speeding up the process. And, and I think they're going to be pretty clear with regard to labeling and all that in the United States. Now, Europe has got a long way to go on the whole GMO situation anyway. They've been very anti-GMO and that seems like that is changing now in Europe. So we may actually see changes in, in what GMO labeling is and what you can't have uh, in Europe. And, and then obviously this new technology uh, coming online. So yeah, I mean, gene editing, I, that, I always thought that's just when you took your old bell bottoms and made them into, <laughs> you know, uh, cutoffs, but uh, apparently it's more technical than that. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Sounds like a great conference. Is there anything else we want to share before we let folks uh, enjoy their 4th of July weekend? Uh, I don't know. Don't blow off any uh, fingers or toes. Yeah, sure that would be uh, be good Stay advice. Stay safe. Out Stay there. out of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, and so I thought I would leave listeners with two things. One, uh, I think we should bring back Nate to uh, do a quick Bigfoot call so people know what to listen for. So, uh, Nate, <laughs> uh, we're bringing you back. Uh, can you do a quick call? Uh, what What would it sound like if you're in the forest and you hear Bigfoot? Go ahead. Well, how far do you mean? Well, just do a call. How yell, scream, grunt. Do a yell. yell. Let's hear the yell. Ooh. All right. That was great, Nate. And so <laughs> if you hear that, <laughs> stay calm. <laughs> stay calm. Uh, the second thing uh, is uh, we have our risk management uh, webinar coming up on July 13th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Good timing. Sean will be uh, covering a lot of different things. Uh, Sean, you may want to uh, talk a little bit about it, uh, but you can register online at mckinney-flavelle.com uh, and you can register for that webinar. Right, Sean? You can. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a, a bit of a deep dive into seasonality. Okay. Um, everybody knows what it is, but we don't talk about it uh, that much anymore. But it's an, it's an important concept. It's, it seems to be changing, uh, which I think everyone is aware. So we're going to talk about uh, how we measured it. Is it actually changing? And more importantly, for the procurement folks out there, how can we use it? Well, I mean, ba other than just basically knowing what the seasonal peaks and seasonal troughs are. How can we actually take that data 
and, and put it into something that, that will help procurement folks. I can't wait for that because, you know, I, I, I started 20 years ago learning about cocoa and there was always like, these are the times to book futures, but that mm-hmm. has changed. And uh, so I'm very interested in learning more there as well. Awesome. Well, we're going to let everybody go. Have a great long weekend. Happy 4th of July. Enjoy your friends and family. Live with an attitude of gratitude, right, Eric? Always, every day. Always, every day. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. So long. Bye now. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.